eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Lawrence Holmes, a.k.a. Loho. You can find me on Twitter at Lawrence W. Holmes. That's where you can find me on Instagram as well. Well, it's a big day. The NFL draft is going on, but no one cares. You know why no one cares? Because later on tonight, Avengers Endgame drops. And people are going to be able to see what they have been waiting for. I am very excited. Even though I know that this kind of... It's the end of this, in a way. And it's been a really fun ride. I'm really excited. I'm glad that they brought some of the my favorite stories to the screen. When I was a kid, like reading Infinity Gauntlet was life-changing. And I'm a big Captain America stan. I've been that for my entire life. Like, that was the first comic book that I picked up and I enjoyed. And I love the character of Steve Rogers. And and it kind of all branched out from there. What's great about this is that there seems to be everyone else's along for this ride, too. That it's not just... Those of us who grew up inside of geek culture, for example. I'm one of those kids that grew up inside geek culture. I love comic books. I love comic book movies. I love sci-fi. And it wasn't always the best thing to be able to enjoy. Like, some people got picked on for it. I don't know if I was ever picked on for it, but I know that there were other people who were. I, I've always just owned it and claimed it. I'm, I'm this dude, and if, if that's not cool for you, great. We can vibe maybe on something else, or if you don't want to mess with me, then don't mess with me. But this movie is so... We've been waiting, it seems like, forever for it to happen. And now that it's here, it's fun to look back and discuss everything that's led us to this point. Which brings me to my guest for today. My buddy Marcus Lashak, who was on the, the podcast earlier this week, we were talking about roller coasters, so I figured we'd double dip and we would talk a little bit about Avengers Endgame as well. And we end up talking about Game of Thrones, too, in, in this episode. 
because of the connection of things coming to an end. Marcus is an actual like film aficionado. Like he's bona fide, like, like legitimately knows film. But he is one of the leading geeks in the world. He's in on everything from video games to roller coasters to cosplay to anything that you want. He he is able to fit into a bunch of spaces that are usually occupied by geeks. So I wanted to share our conversation about Avengers Endgame. And you'll hear why Marcus had a chance to watch Avengers Endgame and get a screener of it and decided not to do it that way. I think his explanation is excellent. Me and Marcus LaShock talking about Avengers Endgame. Let's go! I, I'd love to know when it comes to because we're the same age, you know, we're we're both geeks that grew up kind of in the 80s. It's interesting to me to see the phenomenon of the stuff that we were imagining as children. And obviously the creators are now our age, too, or a little bit older. But to see Avengers Endgame be this anticipated it's pretty amazing to to me to, oh, yeah. to to think back to. I remember. Do you remember the the Shield movie that had David Hasselhoff and Lisa Renna in it? David Hasselhoff as Nick Fury. Like, think oh, about wow, that. Yeah. I mean, it was it was awful. And now, like, they've made this beautiful like cinematic universe that that we have all just dropped money into. Well, and not only that, but you remember there was a time you know when we grew up that being into this stuff. You were picked on for that. You know, you were, you were, you, there were, there were a lot of people who grew up in the eighties who were hiding their comic book habits because they were afraid they would get beat up at school. And now it's like a multi-billion-dollar franchise that everybody wants to be a part of. A lot of this stuff, I think that's incredible. I just think it's incredible to turn that. A lot of that is taken, and just the term geek, you know, that used to be such a derogatory term that you would call somebody, and you never wanted to be called a geek, and now so many people like myself, I mean, I wear it with pride. I'm glad, I'm proud to be a geek of a lot of these things, and to see that, um, yeah, just to see the amount of, not just the, the time and the, the money they put in, but the care they put into the stories, too, with this. I think that's the ultimate testament of the this whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, was not just the money they put in. I mean, you see DC spend a lot of money on a lot of movies and they haven't panned out, but they really focused on a story and telling great stories, having great actors with great performances and uh, great writing and clever and funny and fun and scary and sad. Like all these emotions you feel during these movies, they really packed that in and they spent a lot of time uh, on it. And that's been really cool to see. Walking out of Infinity War... It, it was interesting to to see exactly what you're talking about, where Marvel was able able to really dig into the the psyche of the comic book fan, the Marvel movie fan, and left them with an ending that even though most people go, oh well, this, at some point this is going to be resolved, they still walked out sad. Like I walked out of the theater, I was at Chatham when I when I saw it. And the the somber nature of the end of the movie was amazing to me to see that sort of effect in, in the comic book movie realm. 
Yeah, and I think any kind of, yeah, in that realm for sure, but any kind of filmmaking, really, because like you said, there's no way when that ended that there's no way you walked out of that and said, well, they're all dead. They're all, they're all gone. That's it. It's all, it's all over. I mean, there's, there's just too much money at stake, right? There's too much, too many of these characters are invested in everything else, but still at the same time, despite kind of knowing that, that, all right, something's going to happen here with some of these people and they're going to figure this thing out probably. Uh, they still had you feeling that grief and that real, like real grief when walking out of that. Now, some of those deaths may be real. I mean, that, that, that could be. And I've, I've read some things where some people said, it's time for you to realize that some of these people are never coming back. And it's time for you to start processing your grief in a real way. But uh, <laughs> either, either way, either way, if, if say they all, everyone comes back, you know, the snap ha- is undone and like everyone re comes back. Even then, like we'll all remember that moment and how we felt at that time. And they did such a, they did such a great job with that. And I can't remember, um, I'm so excited to see this next movie. I think a lot of people are because of the way they wrapped that last one up. So it's just been, it's been great. I mean, there's been a couple bumps in the, in the Marvel universe, you could argue, but other than that, I mean, it's been an incredible run with these movies and what they've been able to do. You see a lot of movies, you study film. I, I am fascinated by Marvel saying, look, this movie's going to be three hours and 10 minutes. And every Marvel fan being like, fine. Like, if it's going to yeah. be three hours and ten minutes, like, we don't care. When did we get to the point where movie makers were really concerned about runtime? Because I felt like, you know, I had heard that the first cut of Black Panther was four hours. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm <laughs> invested. So if you want to put an intermission in there, I'm totally okay but where do you think the line is from what people will will tolerate to and, and does it have to be an event type movie like this for that to happen? Yeah, well, the person who's really concerned about your four hour running time is Disney because they want to make money, right? It's the more and the, the longer the movie is, the less the, the less times it can show during the day. That means the less tickets they can sell, right? They want and they want a movie that people will want to go to multiple times. Whereas, you know, a four-hour movie, you'll be like, yeah, I want to sit through that. How many times are you going to sit through it? How many times are you going to go to the theater and spend four hours plus uh, 20 minutes of trailers plus credit sequence? Like, that's that's a four-and-a-half-hour commitment, right? Like, there's, there's just there's, there's some level of business to this. So that's where they would be like, all right, we got to cut this into two parts. But I think, like, the three-hour movie, I think a three, three hours is sort of the – that's the point of – all right, comfortable in the theater. People have to go to the bathroom. You know, there's just things that you've got to consider with the with everything. But I think it's it's to what you're saying though. If it's something people are interested, I'm all I'm all about that. And I think you're seeing that with Game of Thrones right now, with this latest season of Game of Thrones. There was all this hype leading up to the season where, well, there's only there's only six episodes I think this season or something like that. And everyone was like, well, the, the episodes have to be an hour and a half, two hours then for have only six episodes, but these first two episodes have only been like 48, 50 minutes. And people are saying, some fans are like, wow, these are too short. I was thinking that they would be longer because there's not that much left. People want more, right? They, the fans, they want more of this. They don't want it to end. So I, yeah, I think I, the three, three hours is a good, that's a good amount of time, I think. I'll get back to Endgame in a second, but I'll just tell you, having watched the episode two of Game of Thrones last mm-hmm. night, I 
I thought they did a brilliant job of getting getting the 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 preamble up to the White Walkers showing up was one of the best episodes that I've ever seen because yeah. they they tied a lot of loose ends and they they tugged at our heartstrings a lot uh, and and I thought w- especially with Brienne of Tarth like the way that that her arc is gone and kind of the culmination of that arc happens with her being knighted. I thought it was beautiful and brilliant. I thought it was completely layered, and I I felt like it was a perfect way to, okay, this is the world as it stands right now. Here's your snapshot of everything that you need to know right now, and now all hell is about to break loose. Yep, and I thought it was uh, a great episode. Not that the first episode wasn't good, but I thought this was like far superior to that first episode to me. It was, at least it was more satisfying. But um, it's interesting. There was a lot of things at play there, thinking about every character they're talking about while we're about to die. So what do we do? And you, and you saw different people doing different things, from that group gathered around the fire to giving Brienne her moment to Jamie sort of redeeming himself with some of his past sins and the things that he's done. And, um, yeah, I thought it was very, just everything that you said, it was poignant. It was sad. It was funny. Like there were some really funny moments in that episode. And some of the dialogue was great. And to see them, to see them be able to act, it was almost like these first two episodes, like, all right, we want the drama here. We want the acting because presumably coming this next episode, the way this ends, it's about it's about to be on, right? Like it's, yes. it's going to get crazy. And this is where I think that the director of the next episode is the same one who directed the battle of the bastards. So you know what you're in for? Like it's going to be complete insanity and they're about to, they're about to drop tens of millions of dollars on this next episode that you're going to, that you're going to see. And so I'm, I'm, I am pumped. Like I am pumped. That's, and it's appointment television. How many shows are like that now that you're like, all right, Sunday night, eight o'clock, I'm watching this thing. I wake up at one thirty Monday morning. I'm watching it. Like I'm staying up to watch it. You don't say that about many television shows ever anymore. So they've done something with this that, and this is really crazy because this is the year of endings, right? You've got this ending. You've got the Avengers thing wrapping up. You've got Star Wars wrapping up their nine movie series. So it's kind of the end of a lot of things this this year. And I saw Patton Oswalt recently on Conan. I think it was on Conan. And he talked about this. He talked about Game of Thrones wrapping up and how sad he was with that. But he, he talked about, he said, you know, there's somebody right now in a coffee shop who's writing something that is going to be the next Game of Thrones. Like, there's somebody cooking up the next thing, and we cannot imagine it. Like, we cannot imagine what it is that there could be something as big as this that there is right now. But these things are ending, and we're going to have some new stuff in the future. It's just crazy and mind-blowing to think about all that. Yeah, you're right. And, and, and even if it's just a quick turn of something that you've already seen. I'll give you an example. I love Breaking Bad. I love Better Call Saul. And I was listening to Mark Maron's podcast uh, with um, Christina Hendricks. And I said, okay, I'm going to check out her show, her show, Good Girls. And I got to tell you, the the twist on that, on that story was really enjoyable. And now I find myself binging Good Girls because it has a lot of the cool elements that I liked about Breaking Bad, but it's a different way to tell this, that type of story. So even if it's something like that, where you get a great piece of art and that art inspires more art 
it's so fun that w- when you see it all come together. Yeah, I haven't watched that. That's good. Yeah, I I was uh I would I would suggest listening to the the episode with her. Not that they talk a ton about it, but I just think that she's yeah. really interesting. Um, but then I I look check out the first episode and look, it's an NBC show, but right. it's on Netflix now. And she even said that most people talk to her as if the show is not on network. <laughs> and she said she joked about how she someone walked up to her and said, "Hey, I, I love I've been binging Good Girls, um, and I and I love it, and I, I can't wait for the the next episodes to drop." And she's like, "Well, it's on Sunday night, so so you don't have to wait. You can watch it live when it comes on. But it's it's a new way that television has has gotten us all involved. I'm not sure if it's the best way." But I do right. think that it's interesting that for someone like me that was intrigued by the idea of her doing a show like this to be able to go, OK, let me go back to episode one and and it be uncut and it's 40 minutes. It was perfect for me. So I'm I'm halfway through season one right now. I, I highly recommend it. All right, I'll check it out. All right. I'm OK. Excited. The whole reason that I wanted to t- wait, I got one more in game question. Have you seen it yet? No. You have no, not will, seen it. I will not see it. I will not go to the press screen. I will see it with fans in the theater when it comes out. Why do you want to do it that way? Um, because, you know, I saw The Force Awakens, the Star Wars movie, uh, Episode 7, in the press screening. And uh, it was cool to see it before anybody else. But when I, you know, there's no, it's kind of like when you're covering a sports team. There's no cheering in the press box. Yes. You know? So, like, when the movie started, it was like, you know, the Star Wars logo comes out, it's all quiet, and She's like, man, I want to get going crazy. I want to hear that energy of the theater. And it was, I was disappointed that I did that. So then with Last Jedi, I saw it in the theater, and to hear, like, you know, the, it's just, it's just a better energy. And I feel like when you see it with fans and with people who are invested in it, it just has more of a, it has a better energy to it. So that's, that's kind of what I want to do. And plus, when you walk out of a movie like that, you want to talk about it with people. So if I see the movie five days in advance, I can't tell anybody anything. So then you're sitting on this thing for five days, like, stewing about it, and there's nobody to talk to. Okay, that that's totally fair. I, I completely get that. Well, Marcus, I appreciate your time. You're very generous with it. Thank you so much for jumping on and, and, and going all geeky with me. We'll have to do this again soon. Yes, when Game of Thrones ends. Let's do something. All right. Even if we don't do it on the podcast, I still want to talk to you because no, 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 no. Quick, what's your what's your prediction? Like, what do you think is going to happen? I I am on record. I have I feel like uh, the darkness wins. I think that and and here's a here's a fun thing that I've been saying to my wife, and she hates this. I actually think, and I understand that that the world of of Game of Thrones is a is in a different. It's a different Earth, right? I I think that the, we might get a little sci-fi switch here where we find out that the Night King is actually one of us. And this isn't the past. It's the future. What? Mm-hmm. Wow. Real quick, too, something that was kind of ridiculous with the second episode was they sent – so the Night King can bring, like, dead people back to life pretty much, right? Yep. So why are they sending everybody down to the crypts? That's an interest. You know what? I didn't think about it that way. <laughs> There's like a whole army there waiting to kill everybody that's down in the crypt. Yeah, he he could he could end yeah. up just boxing everyone in. <laughs> right? Like that's dumb. 
Huh. Anyway, sorry. We could talk about this forever. All right. But well, maybe, you're... maybe past characters that have left will return. I expect there to be a lot of that. And yeah. I know that there's some people who are like at the end, Arya will end up winning. Um, yeah. And maybe she takes the face of the Night King to win at some point. Mm. But I'm yeah. just I'm just waiting for the swerve, man. I'm waiting for yeah. the swerve. I'm waiting for the, oh, this is the future. And it is our Earth. And boom. That, that would be fun for me. But I'm weird yeah. like that. But thank you again, right. sir. I appreciate you. Thanks, man. I hope you enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun for me. Marcus is is one of my favorite people to talk about this stuff with. He's also just really smart dude. Got got a lot on his plate and a lot on his mind, and I'm glad that he was willing to share some of that with you. The fact that he turned down the opportunity to watch Avengers Endgame first because he wanted the crowd experience to me is so cool. And it's funny because one of his colleagues, who's going to be my guest on the podcast tomorrow, Tyra Martin, actually did go see Avengers, the screening of it. And her experience was different than his. And I'm looking forward to you hearing her review of the movie tomorrow on this podcast. I thank Radio.com because they told me that I have a lot of freedom when it comes to this podcast. And I'm going to talk about some of the things that I love, even though it might not fit necessarily inside of the the window of sports. So I'm glad that they have me in sports and culture, because what's bigger right now than Avengers Endgame? Nothing. Maybe the NFL draft comes close, but nothing is bigger than Avengers Endgame. So we are going to spend probably the next two episodes talking about it. Because I haven't seen it yet. Tomorrow you'll get the review from Tyra because she has seen it. And she's got some tips on whether or not you can go to the bathroom during this movie and when. And then I'm going to talk about it because I got my tickets set up for Saturday. And I'm going to see it. So I imagine that Monday's podcast is going to be my review of Avengers Endgame. If you are going to see it tonight... I'd love to hear what you think. Hit me up on Twitter at Lawrence W. Holmes. You can also hit me up on Instagram with your picks as well. I appreciate you listening. And if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame or couldn't get tickets yet, tomorrow morning I will drop a podcast with Tyra Martin, who's seen it, and will review it for you right here on Loho Daily. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you tomorrow with a review of Avengers Endgame. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 